You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am back. We just hung up together. I just had Sage Rosenfels on. We had a really good conversation with Sage, by the way, talking quarterbacks, breaking down last night's game a little bit. But I threw, figured I'd throw an extra podcast at you guys this week because I have about a free hour today that doesn't happen very often. And a lot of you have been asking for Twitter Thursday. Haven't been able to ask me questions. I haven't been able to respond because of the new format. And so I said, what the heck? Let's just do one more for the fun of it, you know? So I got some really good questions from you guys here. Um, I also have another huge announcement coming up that hopefully will be this week. For those of you, I'm going to mention this real quick. For those of you that are subscribed to my website, I very much appreciate it, Matt, or williamsonfootball.com. Um, but you, as you've probably noticed, there has not been any new content for the last two weeks or so. There's something behind that, and it'll pay off for you huge. Trust me, uh, I will be telling you something more about that down the road, hopefully in the next day or so, which is truly a monster announcement. But... Let's dig into the, uh, the Twitter questions today. Joe Gear asked me, give us your Jags-Pats analysis and what this means moving forward for both squads. Before we do, I guess we should mention that Josh Gordon is now a Patriot. I mean, you, you probably heard that by now. I, I think a lot of people are like, boy, the, the Pats fleeced the Browns again. Um, they've made some deals and... You know, in the course of the last 10 years, there's no doubt that the Pats are the number one organization in the league and the Browns are the number 32 organization in the league. But if they're moving on from Gordon, at least they get something out of it, most likely, assuming that he meets his conditions and the conditional pick comes. I don't know that it was the best business to basically announce two days ago, though, that you're cutting Josh Gordon. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe that attracted three or four different teams to call you up and did the work for you. That or people realized that hey, you'll take anything you can because you're cutting them. But how does he fit with the Pats? Um, we don't really know. I know he is a total super freak, and I'm sure he can still. He had a really nice touchdown against Steelers, and he looks like he's moving well. But he's a hard guy to analyze. He's hardly played any football since 2013. But his talent is worth taking the chance on for a conditional fifth-round pick. At a minimum, I think he runs real fast down the sidelines and opens up room for everybody else. And But the Patriot passing game, and we'll get to it how it, you know, in, in Jacksonville, is really light on weapons right now. But it's also a complex one. You know, that it's not an easy thing to learn. But as we're seeing with Cordero Patterson, you know they're going to put these receivers in the best position to at least do what they do well, as opposed to making you know decisions on the fly in a new offense. Is this a Randy Moss-like move? I mean, I guess I could squint hard enough and see that that he's that kind of talent, and I do think it pays off. And I would think Gordon is doing somersaults to go there, and I bet Brady's excited about it. Because they need weapons, and and that brings us back to that Jags game. And first of all, Jacksonville just utterly dominated this game. So all the credit in the world to Jacksonville, both sides of the ball. Bortles probably played better than I've ever seen him play. I mean, really made big-time throws, orchestrated the offense, looked like a big-time quarterback. And for those of you who listen to me, 
I can't believe you're saying that, Williamson. I didn't think that ever come out of your mouth. I didn't either. I mean, I don't know that that's going to be who he is, but that's what he was that day, and I'm open to the idea that we'll see what's going on going forward. I mean, they didn't make any moves to the position. They have confidence in him. They know him better than I do. But, wow, um, the line of scrimmage, they utterly controlled that. This offensive line's been really good. Uh, especially since adding Norwell. I thought Linder in particular is a stud center. He had a great game. Uh, Spreading the ball around, those weapons looked better than I thought, that's for sure. On the other side of the ball, they doubled Gronk. Almost like you never see tight ends get doubled. I mean, they might as well jammed him with, you know, like a punt gunner with two guys. I mean, like... They really went out of their way to put two athletes on Gronk. And as a result, it showed that the Patriots really didn't have anything else. And Brady was frustrated. Protection was a problem against a great defense on the road. They had no running game. Sony Michel's just getting his feet wet. So I do think that the Patriots will be a very different team as the season goes on, of course. And if these teams were to meet again. But they got manhandle pretty much to be <laughs> to pretty much be honest with you uh pavlik asks what do the steelers do with bell trade what could they really get for him and as i'm recording this it's also coming out that antonio brown didn't report um i'll probably tell you more about those things tomorrow i'm going to have some more scoop with my steeler show four to six on itunes or iHeartRadio every day with dale lolly but there's nothing to do with bell i mean he, if you trade them to a team, they can't sign them. It's not even if they wanted to. It's just the, the rules, and the Steelers can't extend him right now. So what's happening is he sits out every week. The Steelers pick up eight hundred fifty thousand dollars of cap space as a result each week, and sometime he's going to report, or he would lose in a, a season of you know towards his pension and all those things in an accrued season. And I think when he comes back. You ease him into action alongside Connor and add to his role, add to his role, add to his role. And we'll see. I mean, right now, it's hard for me to comment on these things, but how much turmoil's in the locker room. There's been so much drama around this team lately, and I don't think it's rubbing off rubbing off all that well. And Big and Steve Herring, asked me, is the Steelers' defense worse than you expected? You know, so I'll I'll end the Steeler talk here. But that was a awful, awful performance against the Chiefs. Like, looked like Mahomes was throwing seven on seven. And this isn't the Steeler homer in me. I mean, but I thought that game was more about the Chiefs than it was the Steelers. And if you guys have been listening to me, I've been saying this all off season. Start every player you have when the Chiefs play. It's going to be a barn burner. They're going to be the most fun team to watch in the league. Well, that's all true, and it's even more so than I expected. You know, Mahomes is even better than I thought. You guys know I loved him. His supporting cast is even better. They did the exact same thing to the Chargers in week one, and I bet they do the exact same thing to most of the teams they play. They're a nightmare to match up with. And the one thing I, I've been saying, too, is Andy Reid's like the great poker player when it comes to offensive design and scheme and play calling. And he just got dealt a handful of aces. You know, like, playing against him is going to be a nightmare. So, that's where they're at. Um, 
the Steeler defense, as I mentioned, was terrible and made things way too easy on them. But, I mean, that's really what I do think is gonna you're going to see from these guys. I mean, I just think that's who the Chiefs are. Um, we have a new, they've been with us before, but Vivid Seats is somebody you need to check out with. Check out. They are, I'm, I'm lining up going up to, Metallica's coming to town, and I'm going to line up going and checking those out. Um, if you spend 200 bucks or more, you get $20 off your orders if you use our code Locked On. All one word. I think it should be all caps. So just to be careful, make it all caps. But, you know, obviously the NFL is in full swing. Hockey's right around the corner. I'm pretty psyched for my pens, and I'm definitely going to use Vivid Seats to get to some Penguin games, as well as this Metallica show that's coming up. Um, other concerts are for sure. But really, I mean, you guys should think about this for NFL. I mean, you're going to save 20 bucks off a $200 order. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps find your seats at any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, comedy, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. Trust me, it's really easy to use. With the podcast code locked on, like I said, all one word, locked on, caps, listeners can receive 20 bucks off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. It's very, very easy to use. Enter promo code locked on to receive $20 off orders, $200 or more. And best yet, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So that's all good stuff, of course. Joshua Carlson asks, what are your thoughts on the NFC North? Looks like three good teams and one bad one to me. And, you know, we're just, the Lions are better in week two than they were week one. And we had Locked on Lions host on Monday. Check that out. The Bears, impressive win last night. I don't know that I'm ready to call either one of those a good team, though. I think the Bears are an improving team with potentially a great defense. But as Sage was saying in the other Tuesday show, Trubisky's promising, but let's yeah, he's a work in progress, to say the least. I think there's two good teams, and that's the Packers, as long as Rodgers is healthy, of course. And I think that Packer defense is a lot better than people think, and it's going to be quite good this year. And the Vikings, who rival the Jags of having the best defense in the league. And I thought Kirk Cousins played a really good game. And you guys know I'm not a huge Cousins supporter. But I think he's been very much a success thus far in Minnesota. I think Stephon Diggs is a potentially special player. Cook looks good. Um, you know, Rudolph has a role. Thielen's a great player. I absolutely worry about the offensive line. But the defense makes up for a lot of problems. I'm leaning towards the Vikes to win the division, but probably Minnesota and Green Bay to get in the postseason, um, as long as Rodgers stays healthy. And I think it's really enticing, too, that Aaron Jones comes back this week. I'm, I'm a big Aaron Jones guy. I think he'll take a hold of that, that running back situation and put up some big numbers. Uh, Chad Tanney asks, which teams do you think look the most polished through the first two weeks? Better condition, better tackling, less mental mistakes. Strangely enough, the team that played the least starters, the Rams, to me, 
looks the sharpest. And that first half in Oakland, you know, Monday night, tough way to get acclimated. Gruden's coming back to town. But from the from basically halftime on, the last six quarters, they've been very, very sharp. And they looked like, if I were to do a power ranks, I'd probably owe you one of those and do a special show for that maybe next week. I think the Rams has to stand alone at number one. I mean, but who's number two? I mean, I haven't, I'm just thinking, spitballing this off the top of my head. I mean, the Eagles and the Saints were atop of it before the season started for me. New England was really high. Uh, Pittsburgh looks bad. You know, I mean, who's number two? Kansas City, maybe? I mean, who's playing the second best football in the league behind the Rams right now? I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe Minnesota, but I mean, they just tied too. We'll see. Um, again, another question here. Are we not giving the Browns enough credit? Seems like Pittsburgh and New Orleans are being downgraded for the tough games with the Browns. Is it possible the Browns are just better than they've been? Both teams scored 37-plus points in their other games. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I've been thinking that as well. Is I think the shortcut to analysis is the Browns are terrible. Steelers in the rain should never have tied them. They stink too. What, what are they doing? And then, boy, the Saints played bad in week two. But the common theme here is the Browns are way harder to play against now. And, yeah, I think that that's a really good point. And if I were to do a power ranks, they certainly would not be in the bottom five. You know, I mean, I know they're 0-2. Probably should be 2-0, though. I mean, they've pretty much played like a 2-0 team, more or less. Um so, yeah, I think that's a great point is I think maybe we are underrating how good that team is right now. Uh, E-A-U-X-P-E-E. I don't know how to say your name, dude. He asks, is Trubisky getting better? Uh, the answer is yes, but the long answer is with Sage. Go check that out in the other show. That's what we opened with. We talked about it in great detail. So I'm not going to repeat myself on that one. But Mike Miller asks, which 2-0 AFC team is more likely to win their division? The Bengals, Dolphins, Chiefs, or Broncos? Dolphins have been very solid, and I'm really impressed with what they've done. We had Locked on Dolphins host on Monday. Check that out. But no, um, the Patriots are still in that division, so they're out of that conversation. The Bengals are playing the best of any team in the AFC North, and in a way almost have a two-game lead over the Steelers. Mixon's out. I think that's a blow. We'll see. But I think they have a legit chance to win the North. And especially if there's Steeler drama still and that derails things. I'm not you know, saying there is. Denver, to me, is probably not in this conversation either. I think they're still third in that division. I think the Chargers are a better team than Denver. Denver's been good. And I think the Chiefs are clearly a better team than Denver. We've talked a lot of Chiefs already in this show. But they absolutely could win the division. You know, like I said, they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league right now. And they started that way before. You know, I mean, that's, um, you know, we, we've kind of seen this before. But still, that offense is unbelievable. I mean, they can win. It's it's first one to 50 in every Kansas City game. Just look at it through that periscope from the, both of their t- games doesn't matter if they're playing the Chargers, the Steelers, whomever. That's what they're going to do every week. I very much believe that. I've been saying that all offseason. So, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people are always asking me for advice, which I love to give you. 
This past Friday, I didn't do so great on my bets, by the way. But I still go to my bookie, and my bookie's the only place to go. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. And every Friday, you and I will sit here and chat about every game against the spread and straight up with my bookie's lines. And I'm going to put a couple bucks down every week. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, which I've told you many times is my favorite way to do it. Get a good little feel for your team before you actually put money down. Live betting is great for me. I mean, that's definitely my favorite. But the over-unders is great. On The over-unders on fantasy points scored. And great player perks as well. So they got some new things going on, though. My bookie is so slammed and so popular right now. They want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to wait after 7 p.m. Eastern, they give you an extra 25 bucks for free if your deposit, 20, uh, if your deposit is 100 bucks or more. So what you have to do to get that is use our promo code locked on with the numbers 25, locked on 25, if it's after 7 p.m. Otherwise, just use our, our locked on code. That still works. Or the locked on 25 code still works as well. So join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use our promo code locked on 25. Can't go wrong with that. And again, if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you get an extra 25 bucks free by using our promo code LOCKEDON25. So you play, you win, you get paid. And if it's up to me, I'd wait till after dinner to get a couple extra bucks. Why not? Michael Higgins asks, is there any way the Giants can straighten out their O-line by next year? Oh, man, it's bad. I do believe Solder's a very solid left tackle. I think Hernandez is going to be an excellent guard. But from center, who just got injured, to right guard, to right tackle, you need to replace that over the offseason, or at least two-thirds of it. But I do think the biggest problem, well, talent's a problem for sure, but a huge problem that the Giants are having right now, and it couldn't have been more obvious when watching the, the Cowboys game, is their communication. Content, as I've been telling you guys for years, continuity is absolutely key in offensive line play picking up twists and stunts and knowing when to pass this guy off to your buddy. That stuff takes time. It takes reps. It takes continuity. And if you can bring back you know, lines year after year, it goes a very long way. And right now, more than any line I've seen in the league, the Giants do not have that at all, which is just making it way too easy on the, on the pass rush and on the opponents. And the, but the promising thing there is, the center, right guard, right tackle, aren't going to get any more talented. But I think the continuity, the communication has to improve. I mean, it's a new line with a lot of new parts very early in the season. So I think there's a little bit of hope. But it's still going to be a massive priority this season to fix it with better players. Several of you have asked me about early thoughts on defensive rookie of the year. And I just want to throw out a couple names, and they're really the guys I guess we would have thought to begin with, is Chubb looks really good. He was the first defensive player taken. I think Ward has played very well through two games and did a lot of good work against Antonio Brown in week one for the Browns. I mean, he's a big boost to a secondary, and back to one of the reasons that the previous person asked, are the Browns better than we think and not getting enough credit? I think yes is the answer. Another guy who I think, and I talked about him actually with the, on the locked-on uh, Dolphins Monday show, 
I think Minka Fitzpatrick's an utter superstar in the making and very much in that defensive rookie of the year conversation. A do-it-all guy. His role is going to grow and grow and grow. They have a stud on their hands there. But the guy that I've been saying all along, and again is, hey, maybe Williamson knows a thing or two about a thing or two, is Derwin James. And I told you guys this from the beginning, that I thought he was the best defensive player in this draft. He is proving me right in a big way. He has rushed the passer really well. He can play deep middle at a high level, even though that's not the best usage for him. He's a more athletic, probably less physical, but certainly more gifted Cam Chancellor type. But with he's more like Sean Taylor. <laughs> you know, like I don't know where the holes in his game are. For the Chargers to get him as late as they did was the steal of the draft. I mean, that we're going to look back at that and be like, how did Paul Amalu and Ed Reed fall to the middle of the first round? Well, I'm not saying Derwin James is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer like those guys. But wow, is he good. And if you haven't watched him yet, please do. You will dig it. It's very, very impressive. So I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, just take some Twitter questions. Get back in touch with you guys without a guest. I've been loving our guests, that's for sure. But a little bit of old school feel to this one. Just chatting Twitter. You know, and that's what we used to do all the time. Um, tomorrow, as usual, Mike Renner. Going to talk a lot of stuff with him from Pro Football Focus. we got Sando again on Thursday. And I'll be at my bookie on Friday picking games as usual. Over and out.